Welcome to Everything's Not Black and White with your hosts, Lala and Brian. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's episode. We are so excited to have my homie here in the studio, Karen Marie. Yes. And I tell you, when you think about, you know, triple threats, quadruple threats, quintuplet threats, whatever, this, this amazing human being can do all the things. They are a poet. They are MC. They are an improv guru. They are all about leadership development. They're all about diversity, equity, inclusion. I mean, like literally you say it, Karen can do it and do it really, really well. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, them, days, us is welcome Karen Marie to the Everything's Not Black and White podcast. Welcome. Yay. What's up? What's up? I'm <laughs> so glad to have you here today. It's really good to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, we got a lot to talk about today. We do. There's a lot going on, but let's give the listeners a little taste of who you are and uh, give them a little bit of background on who you are. I'll actually go backwards. So right now I am uh, in leadership development. I work with a nonprofit that, that does all leadership development programs, mm-hmm. youth to executive leadership. Yep. And I also do improv. I do a lot of facilitation and education. I am a poet. I am a a writer. I am a curator of experiences. Lately, I've enjoyed being the voice and an MC and narrating and doing those type of things. Um, I come from a background of uh, HR, Mm -hmm. so strategic human capital and human resources. And then um, before that, I worked in college basketball. I was a college basketball coach. What? So that's right. a fun fact a lot of people don't know about this life. That's it feels right. like many lives in one. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's a little bit of a background about me, but yeah, that I there's so many life experiences that I've I've gotten to have and so from basketball to uh teaching, I taught math for a little bit and coached high school basketball, you know. It's See, been a little bit of everything. I, I love that, though. I tell people about variety being the spice of life mm-hmm. and just like if you feel passionate about something, go try it. I yeah. Mean, go see what's up, you know? Yeah. I didn't really take that. Um, you know, I took that Jill of all trades, jack of all <laughs> trades kind of to heart. I think I had a lot of opportunities. So kudos to my parents yeah. for putting me in tap and then putting me in soccer, you know, for trying sure. all the things. Yeah. But what I do love about that is that it actually helps you get to know different perspectives, different people, different lifestyles, different mm-hmm. backgrounds. So I honestly think it makes you a much more well-rounded person to have all those different experiences that you've collected. One could say cultured. Oh. Yeah. One could say cultured. I like culture. <laughs> That's yes. something, you know, obviously you and I have a lot in common. We talk mm-hmm. about a lot is just, you know. The culture that's not only just in the workplace, because we both have experienced that, but just the culture in your communities and even thinking about who you are yourself, you know. And so I know you've done a lot of work with, you know, somatic leadership and things that really about introspection and helping people heal and go through the different traumas that we experience in life. So can we talk about that a little bit? I started in nonprofit work probably about seven years ago. And the first thing I did was get trauma-informed training (laughs) like that was the first thing I did I think I knew a lot of things intuitively but really getting trauma information and I was just a student like listening to everything it kind of reminded me of being in school for education Mm because it was like what are all the things that can impact folks and so around that I think we have to have some sort of sensitivity to 
the experiences that people have before we see them, before we interact with them. Yeah. And if we can do that, then we can start talking about doing anything else. Because if we don't see each other for the fact that we have several lived experiences yeah. before we ever meet each other, then it's it's hard to connect. I 100% agree with that. And I believe that, you know, especially with our both our HR backgrounds and the corporate world, Mm -hmm. there was always this notion that, oh, leave your personal baggage at the door. You can't bring that in to the workplace. And I'm like, so I'm a human being with feelings, dealing with things in the world and my family, and I'm not supposed to acknowledge any of that and just come to work. I'm not a robot. You know, I know AI is popular (laughs) and really good right now, but like I'm a human. So like, what do you think is like the thing that people are so afraid of with bringing themselves to work? This is so interesting. I I think people are most afraid of uh, being dismissed, being mm-hmm. rejected, and not finding belonging. Mm-hmm. I really think that's it. Belonging is so uh, nuanced and layered yeah. around what it means to to truly belong. Because we can connect, but that doesn't necessarily mean I belong. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think people are afraid or have experienced to that point a lack of belonging. Yeah. And then they're like, why would I bring myself to a space fully right. where I'm not already invited? Do you think that that, I guess, hurts a bit of you when you can't do that? And, you know, it's like, how do you feel like like there's I feel like there's a part of you that's kind of I don't know if it's hidden or mm. stunted. So like the fullest potential that you can have can't be realized because you can't fully be yourself. I think that's going to be on a person to person basis. I mean, if I want more out of a workplace Mm -hmm. than going to work, punching in and leaving, then, yeah, I'm going to feel some sadness. I think I think it's really around sadness Mm -hmm. and like fear and loneliness that we, you know, if I go into a place and I can't fully show up. um, And I mean, that's nuanced, too. Like I have timing. I'm not going to show up to a noon meeting the same way I would show up to a happy hour. Right. 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 And that doesn't mean that I'm not being my full self. It just means that I have some wisdom around how to show up. But I think when we're in places where we can't like just even, you know, what people will call water cooler talk or whatever, talk about my weekend without wondering if there's going to be judgment, if there's going to be a disagreement or argument or any kind of tension around me telling you that I was doing this and this with my wife, right? Like, mm-hmm. so if I'm worried about that, then of course I'm going to come in walled up. Of course I'm going to come in not trusting the space. And I do think that trickles into your work and the amount of work you do and how much creativity and fullness you can bring to your work mm-hmm. because you're worried about these other little things. No, I, I love what you said about, you know, understanding and having wisdom about it. One of the things I talk to people a lot about is metamorphosis and transformation like you can either be uh, a butterfly you know where you change completely from a caterpillar to a butterfly right. complete metamorphosis or you can be a chameleon where the the whole inside of it, everything of you is is the same you just kind of shift in that outside just to blend in yes. a little bit just to camouflage a little bit just for protection you know which i think you know and, and only like you said only you from the inside can decide which one is right for you mm-hmm. in that moment mm-hmm. right you know, and I think that's the awareness is so important. Absolutely. The awareness is important. And to me, what you described just sounds like fluidity to yes. me. And I'm gender fluid. So yeah. like I'm also like fluid in a lot of things. So yeah. when I hear that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's just fluid. Yeah. And we are as a culture, as a society, pretty resistant 
yeah. to fluidity. We're pretty committed to binaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that awareness, even when you start to look at things on the spectrum, you're like, oh, okay, there's more to it than A or B. And I think that's been the, the interesting conversation, even for our family. You know, most people know that, you know, both of our kids are LGBTQ and our youngest is transgender. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about this, this shift from saying she, her, to they, them, or mm-hmm. he, him, it's like people can't quite cognitively get it, right? They're like, well, you've always had a daughter. Like, well, I still have a child. I've always had a child, <laughs> right? Right. And so my child is still my child. How they identify and how they present is completely up to them. So I don't know why it becomes so difficult, like it's an argument. Like, you can't do, it is my life. <laughs> <laughs> what are you telling me I can't do? Yeah, I've right. tried to tell you uh, what not to do before, and that Man, didn't work listen. out so well. I was about so, to ask yeah. how that went for you. <laughs> well, he's still here, so. <laughs> right. It went well. It went well, it actually. Went okay. it went okay. it went I just okay. think around that conversation with, you know, the binary or challenging any of those thought processes, we really have to get our brain into a space of willingness. Mm-hmm. Like, we talk about that a lot in development. You know, what is your willingness to unpack? talk about this to move through it to look at yourself around this and we're so committed to things and it's it's so interesting to me because I'm like in my mind it just doesn't even make any sense like why would I be so committed to these two things existing like these other things don't exist when we have evidence of it it's like as parents I think you try to like now I'm not a parent like let me just put that out there like that you know as a parent we we want our children to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I always tell, especially when I'm in like professional groups, like y'all have degrees, y'all have degrees. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of your flexibility or inflexibility to take some time, sit down and connect the memory and rememorize this person's pronouns. Right. Like that's, that's you being committed to them looking a certain way or in your mind coming up with a memory. And to me, it's a little lazy. It's just a little lazy. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I mean, it's like being married. Like my maiden name was Carter. Now I'm Baker. I've been Baker for 15 years. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you can still call me LaShondra Carter. I'm not going to talk to you probably. So you (laughs) had to relearn. Now LaShondra Baker is my name and that's what you have to call me now. So it's like, they already do it. People already already do it it in many situations. Mm -hmm. So why is this now so difficult? Nicknames, trading, everything. Right. All of that. Come on, y'all. All of that. You know, <laughs> but I agree with you. I think it is lazy and I think it's fear. And I and it's what we tell Aji, our youngest, is like people are projecting on you mm-hmm. what they are either feeling insecure about or unsure about or fearful about. So it really has nothing to do with you, but it's now being given to you. But it's them. They maybe even are curious and don't yes. give themselves permission to explore what that curiosity is because... I absolutely could not do that for me. And so mm-hmm. some of it's like a little jealousy, too. That is exactly right. right? Like, oh, how dare you be so free? <laughs> you <Right>. know? <laughs> and I love that you said free because I, you know, I tease people all the time. I said, I'm a modern day Harriet Tubman because I'm about liberation. Okay. I'm like, I want people to be free, to be who they are, yes. feel what they feel, see the world, have all the different experiences mm-hmm. and and be fulfilled by that. But the world continues to try to hold you back, hold you down, oppress, because we talk about oppression a lot. Mm-hmm. And we have to fight back in a way, even as that means to be true to ourselves, to rest securely in ourselves and just be. Yeah. And yeah. the just be part is so important. I know you have a lot of work you do with the Ohio Rest Collective that you help co-found. And I mm-hmm. want you to talk about that a little bit for people to understand 
what that's all about. Uh, my wife and I founded the Co the Ohio Rest Collective in 2020, mm-hmm. and we both were in senior leadership positions in organizations, and we realized how much of a challenge it was to work with other senior leaders. We noticed the decline in mm-hmm. like compassion, grace, and tenderness. Yeah. I would say. And we were like, okay, like what's going on? And we just realized we were all going through a collective trauma with the pandemic. And it was like, how can we work to navigate and regulate individual and collective nervous systems? Because as a collective, we have a nervous system too. Yeah. Um, and so like, how can we regulate those? And we we use the lens of transformative justice. Aaron adapted something from generation five, which was around violence. But like mm-hmm. we talk about it in the sense of transformative justice in terms of harm. What harm has occurred? How do we interrupt it and disrupt it? And then is there a visual representation of that? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we generally don't get past step one, which is to acknowledge it, yeah. like the harm that's occurred. And so what we realized as we started having conversations with folks, coaching, facilitation, those types of things, we were acknowledging some serious harms that had happened that people had not moved through. And then once we finally got there and we were able to say, yes, that was a harm, that was a trauma, that was a pain point, whatever that looked like, then people were open to like, okay, well, what now? Yeah. But we couldn't get there until we had the acknowledgement. So a lot of our work in the last three years has been, okay, what is the harm? Right. Like, what is the harm organizationally? Like, mm-hmm. we're not saying you as a person, it might lead to some of that. But then, like, what does accountability even mean yeah. if we can't acknowledge harm? So it's been a lot of really wonderful conversations. My favorite thing that we're doing is holding space for slave play participants and and audience Mm -hmm. um, because it's a controversial play about BDSM and interracial relationships. Mm -hmm. And so we are holding space for them. I do trainings with them. And to see them start to open up and be able to have challenging conversations because they have language now yeah, or because they're acknowledging things and kind of taking their ego out of it. Yeah. And like on a person to person level, like connecting yeah. really deeply. It's um, it's beautiful. It's a yeah. beautiful thing to see. And it takes time. Like yeah. it takes time. So a lot of the work that we started in 2020, 2021, we're starting to see the shift in the actual organizational culture or yeah. the shift in the actual person's calendar or how they take a look at rest or how they look at healing or how they look at joy and pursuing all of those things. I love that. And that's one thing, you know, Brian and I um, being in an interracial relationship, we talk about a lot just about even how we both grew up um, Mm -hmm. and we're the same age, but we grew up, he grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in the South very different experience. How far south? Georgia. Oh, like okay. Rural, rural Georgia. <laughs> rural Georgia. So much so that we went to visit my grandma's grave one time and we were just going to say a little prayer outside our grave. The gnats, the biting ants, and the mosquitoes, literally, we couldn't even be out there for 30 seconds and had to get back in the car. we like, love you, Grandma. Thank you, Jesus. Goodbye. Ooh, <laughs> it could have been me. Baby. It could have been me. We look like we were doing one of them Celtic dances out there in the cemetery, <laughs> smacking all these bugs. And listen. Yeah, but it's pretty, it's pretty rural. It was rural. They got, an I, they got an IGA and a stop sign, I think. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. IGA, honey. That's how we roll. <laughs> but uh, it was it was good because he got to see a piece of that from mm-hmm. me. And I obviously have been up here in Columbus for almost 20 years and I've got to see a little bit of his. But 
even the experiences we talk about our childhood and the things we went through was so vastly different, even though same generation, even both raised by single moms, Mm -hmm. but very different experiences. But he always says when he married me, his eyes opened to so many more things, you know, so he has language now. I love that you say people have language to kind of discuss things Mm -hmm. because, you know, we're still doing a lot of reflecting deeply, unlearning, yeah. relearning. Yeah. Yeah. You got to think about things, especially uh, from a different perspective as you age. Like mm-hmm. you look back like, wow, like I didn't realize that happened back then. So I've, I've had to do a lot of research and re- re-educate myself on yeah. what I've learned over the years. Yeah. It's been it's been rough. I know the Midwestern curriculum around <laughs> history and you, you have a lot of work to do. They yeah, put a lot of work hey, in front of you. I put, I put a whole series on my uh, my personal Facebook page trying to educate all my friends with history of, of people that have been historically marginalized mm-hmm. in, in this state and in the country. So as I get educated, I pass that education on through my, my social media mm-hmm. to help others get educated. Yeah. The Lord's work, my friend. Thank I mean, you. The it, Lord's work. You. deep, you know, <laughs> and, and I appreciate that. And I cite my sources so no one's yeah, giving me Yeah, you better. Yeah, I be, <laughs> I be, right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Oh, well, that's MSNBC or that's Fox News or whatever your preference is. No, I'm not doing that. I'm actually looking for EDUs or right. actually good quality information. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. That's a that's a sermon right there. Honey, you just gave that part. <laughs> that part. You know, and so I love that you've been working with the Rest Collective since 2020, you know, mm-hmm. and I think a lot about, you know, we're getting close to that three year mark yeah. of everything from COVID and the the isolation to George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud mm-hmm. Arbery, all of those things that kind of the confluence that kind of came together. How do you think we're doing as a society three years later? What's our report card? I would say on a macro level. We're not doing so well. I do have an alternate experience. So like mm-hmm. me personally, the people around me, mm-hmm. I give us a A, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, but what I can see from, and that's, you know, limited perspective with media. Um, but what I can see is that there are so many people and we call them adaptive strategies. Some people may call them some trauma responses, but we call them adaptive because you continue to use them. Mm-hmm. And they're strategies that you learned, you know, in your youth that, protected your safety, dignity, belonging, or, or connection, right. you know? And so I think a lot of times going back to the origin of the Ohio Rest Collective, we have a lot of dysregulated nervous systems. Mm-hmm. And then you take out, you know, housing security. Then you take out food security with the supply chain things you have going on right now. Climate security. Like there's a lot of things that are out of people's control. Right. And so what do we try to control? I mean, most of us try to control our survival to some extent. And hopefully you have some room or privilege to to thrive. Right. But right. a lot of people are struggling to even control their survival. Right. And so I think the lack of compassion for that reality and that emotional, social, emotional, like connection and the learning that some people are doing, I really think there's just a large disconnect mm-hmm. and that's leading to a lot of volatility, Yeah, whether it be verbal, you know, and on social media and in interactions and relationships, people's brains are almost being like rewired in this, in this sense in these last three years. And so like, what do I do when I have to choose between I have a friend that has a song called the diapers of the rent, you know, like right. the food of the rent and like, which right. one are you choosing? Right. And it's, it's a real challenge for folks. And so I think 
that people who are not having those challenges yeah. don't even have a clue like what right. survival has looked like or how that has shifted. And we claimed and we talked about the disparities of racism and the disparities that racism has caused. And we called it a public health crisis. Yeah. And but it's like people are like, well, how are we doing? I'm in the yeah. human service world. It's a struggle. We're right. understaffed. People still have even more needs than they did before right. because the disparity just like the pandemic exasperated all of that. Right. So now we know where it does the d- disparity, but we don't have all the resources we need to get people's basic needs met. Right. So, I mean, I'll focus there. And then, of course, there is people in like, you know, politics and legislation that are also trying to cling to control. And um, when you're doing that from like a capitalist patriarchal sense, I don't think they're doing a great job. And I think they're clinging to fears. And to me, to make a law about anybody else's body or anybody else's uh, livelihood or opportunities, that's like tyrannical to me. (laughs) So I'm like, you know, I I really struggle with legislation and, and politics right now because they're experiencing the same things. They may not know that it's like the same feeling when you right. feel your safety, dignity, right. connection or belonging is is attacked or at risk or at threat. Right. But that's what they're experiencing. So they're trying to grab at straws too. Right. But they have the power to sign laws. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So yeah. then it's a it's a different conversation because now like your fear, your need to control is now bleeding onto everyone else. Exactly. Yeah. That that is so powerful that you talk about that. And I was thinking about um, Heather McGee's book, The Sum of Us. And I I love it so much because it really digs real deep into thinking you're over here thinking you're oppressing this person, you're doing this thing. You are also at a loss. You are mm-hmm. also hurting yourself mm-hmm. and you don't even see it. And, you know, growing up in the South, everything was segregated when yes. I grew up. I mean, even when I grew up, the Ku Klux Klan was still marching in my hometown wow. every year It with the rally, honey. Not even just like marching quietly, like the rally. Like it was deep. So we just knew we don't go downtown that day. Yeah. You stay home. It was, it was bad. And there was even places in town you couldn't live as a black person, you know, and people like to think that was so far ago, so long ago. It was so not. Oh, Literally. housing stuff. Those numbers are tragic still. Still to this still. day. Yeah, much of Columbus is still segregated by uh, old redlining techniques they used back in the day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know you said something to me a while back, and I loved it so much. You said, and I'm going to quote it because I want to make sure I say it exactly right, Okay, that your purpose is to center the dignity of every human life. Yes. So what does that mean to you, and how do you plan to achieve that? I think people are at different places on their healing journey, Mm -hmm. considering like racial trauma and all of that. And we have a lot of people in DEI that probably need a break from it. So for me, how I, this is where this started because I do DEI work and I absolutely believe in reparations and right relationship and allyship, like all of that. My life has been beautifully colored by all the people in my life and it has been every diversity dimension you can think of. And I feel like my life is extremely rich because of that. But when I think about centering the dignity of every human life, what I mean is that I can tell you that this was harmful Mm -hmm. or I can do that and still center your dignity, Mm -hmm. regardless of the diversity diversity dimensions and your intersections and your identities. Mm -hmm. Like I can do that. And that is like a commitment on my own personal behalf. Like it's a commitment to development. It's a commitment to learning and growth and healing, right? It's all these commitments. But I also 
can't retaliate the same way. Mm. This is the tricky part about centering the dignity of every human life. When I am wronged in some way, perceived or real, Mm -hmm. when I am wronged in some way, that doesn't give me right to turn around and insult or attack that person. And I know that not everybody has that same North Star. And I know it's a real complicated one for me to choose in this body with these identities. But I'm pretty committed to that. Mm-hmm. And and if I cannot center the dignity of the individual or the organization or the community group or the few friends, you know, if I can't center the dignity, I'm going to come back to it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come back to this conversation when I'm grounded, when I can check into my compassion, when I can have capacity for it. Yeah. But if I if I can't center your dignity, dignity, then I I can't be a part of it because in good conscience, I'm out of integrity. That is incredibly powerful. So I'm excited that you're starting a new venture. I that am. It's very, very exciting. And so I want to talk about that. Yes. All right. Well, I am starting a podcast. It's a virtual of a, a visible podcast. So we'll have animation and, oh, and nice. video. Very cool. um, so video podcast and audio podcast as well. You'll be able to access that Spotify and Apple. Those are good two places, two good places. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to offer a lot for Androids, but I do know Spotify is on Android, so like, well, get thank it there. you, thank you, because you know, you Apple people be I discriminating know. against our little green bubbles. I'm just saying, we just can't do the same things. <laughs> and that, like, and I'm wired. Apple, that's way. Apple's fault. That's not. It our, is. Seventy percent really of the is. world is on Android. Like, well, why does Apple have this elitist? That's stuff? so interesting. Yeah, I'm like, no, thank I mean. You. We all know why the elitist thing kind yeah. of exists. I mean, but I mean, you know. <laughs> for me, it just works with my brain. I don't know if yes. it's an ADHD thing or whatever, but it's, well, it maybe works that's for my me. Because I have ADHD and I have an Android. So maybe <laughs> we could talk. I mean, we could <laughs> talk. But yeah, so the podcast is uh, coming out February 3rd. Ooh. I also am launching on that day a Patreon. So you might be like, I really just like to hear the podcast. I don't really want to engage on that level. Fine. If you do want to engage on that level, come on over to the Patreon. We're going to have a lot more conversations. You'll get to be on my close friends on IG for the culture of you. And it's called the culture of you because we're just going to be talking about how people make those decisions on how they show up and what that means. So we're going to talk scenarios. Um, We'll have some situational hot seats where people will throw situations at me just to see what I would do. So I'll give them my first reaction. And I'll give them like my reasonable professional reaction. Um, we're gonna do some ranting. You know, I love a good existential rant. Oh yes. Yeah. So we'll be we'll be doing a lot over in the Patreon. It gets it gets a little more layered and a little more detail in the Patreon. But if you just want to follow the podcast, you could do that too. And we'll have guests um, a couple times a month. And we're going to talk about all the things. Oh, that sounds great. I love it. We will all absolutely be tuning in and yes. supporting you. So we will give all of. Uh, those uh, access to the liner notes for y'all to be able to engage. Yeah, and if you see Karen Hewitt, MED, that's you know I had to put them letters on there. I paid. I'm still paying Honey, for them. Honey, I'm still better. paying for the. <laughs> I'm still paying for the letters. Maybe. So yeah, y'all about to know. You know, if you look me up, I I, don't, I Google myself. So y'all good. Don't even worry <laughs> about that. But yeah, you'll also see. You'll either see Karen Marie or Karen Hewitt, MED. So that's both of them are me. Honey, welcome all of those acronyms behind <laughs> your name. <laughs> Trust and believe because we worked sure. really hard for them. Really hard. Really hard. So yes. welcome to, to, to doing it, honey. I'm excited. I'm excited. We are definitely going to be supporting you. 
um, and promoting it as much as we can to get out there. Thank so you. So you can just keep growing, growing that that Thank beautiful you. group of audiences. Yes. Yeah. What else do you have going on? Is there other places people can see you and connect with you in the community or online? Absolutely. So um, on Twitter, you can do at Curious K Eleven. Um, and then on IG, you can do at the culture of you. That's open one. So anybody can follow there. If you want to follow me exclusively, you're going to have to request me at love the number four life KMH. That's my Instagram handle there. That's private. And then also my Facebook, Karen Marie. Um, again, you're going to have to have enough of the right friends, but go ahead and request me on that one. Um, and I definitely keep up on those sites, what I'm doing. Also, if you visit the OhioRestCollective.com, I'll have any upcoming artist events. On the on the 23rd, I will be in a speaker showcase that you are emceeing. Yes. yes. So we'll add those links in here once this gets released. So, yes, so come down to WOSU. It's on a Thursday from 3 to 4.30, but... It's definitely all you want. Take yes. your time. Take your little PTO, your Honey, little couple hours, yes. and, and we come can do on a happy down. hour afterwards Absolutely. and celebrate. So yes, y'all definitely need to do that. We will get that information in the liner notes. So you gotta come and support my girl. We're gonna be talking about adaptive strategies and how those show up for you. Yes, and some tools. Yes. Uh, you know, I gotta give you some tools. You got to. I gotta give you some tools. I mean, you, you gotta, gotta walk take away it and learn. Something. Do yeah. something different today and tomorrow. Yeah, and it's up to you to apply it. So that'll yes. be that'll be the twenty third of February, and then um, the twenty fifth. I'm in a showcase at the Vanderelli Room. I'm singing backup vocals. It's one of my favorite things to what? do. Yeah, like so I'm singing background vocals for Camille at the Vanderelli Room on the twenty fifth. If you request me and join any of my um, IG or Facebook, then uh, you will see that as well on there. Love it. So yeah, come on, whatever you want. I'm probably doing something connected to it. Right. A comedy, that. there's an upcoming show. You know, music, there's an upcoming show. Poetry, there's an upcoming something. So just stay tuned. There's always going to be something really cool that I might be doing. You might you might get a sound bath. Ooh. I don't know. It depends. Oh, see, it I depends. Like all of that. We have so enjoyed having you here today. I loved being Karen. here. You are always welcome. And we are definitely excited for you to be starting the culture of you. And we will be tuning in, listening in, and being a part of your fan base. For yeah, sure. y'all gave me inspiration today with oh, this sweet. beautiful setup. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. Well, you know, later on, if you need somebody to edit and stuff, because, you know, somebody edits podcasts, yeah. just say it. Ooh. So I just, I just put it out there. <laughs> I just put it out there. I so do you have a, a loyal editor. Okay. All yes. Right. Word. Yes. Word. Word. But you know, if you need a backup, I heard that. Oh, that's what it says. Oh, it's in the notes. Oh, that's what I put it. I put it in there. <laughs> I put it in the notes. It's, it's in there. That's awesome. Thank you, <laughs> Brian. How can people connect with us? Yes, you can uh, email us at uh, enbwpodcast at gmail or you can also follow us on Facebook. We have our own home page on there and get nice cover artwork and everything so yeah follow us on there awesome sauce well that is all the time we have for the show today we want to thank karen marie karen hewitt ned hey. up in here today nice. <laughs> giving us all kinds of wonderful nuggets and knowledge and just feeling real real blessed to have you so thank you for your friendship and thank you for being here yeah, appreciate my it. pleasure my all pleasure. right we'll see y'all later bye everybody bye, bye.